Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. I realize I make masturbation jokes constantly. Yeah, you really do. <laughs> And welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Good morning, Jen. Good morning. Actually, it's, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So, Jenny and I are having a day, guys. <laughs> and to shift to talking about Reverend Alden in a sexy and romantic way. I, I, I know, I know. Real hard. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, <laughs> I'm just ugh, all all around. Um, Jenny, I did want to discuss. Um, oh, my coffee's ice cold. I'm watching a new show. I have another recommendation. Okay. Dope sick. Oh, I heard that's really good. It's really good. It's enraging mm-hmm. because, and I I was resistant to watching it because. If you've seen The Pharmacist, which is a phenomenal documentary about this little small-town pharmacist who tries to take down the Sackler family, Mm. um, you know a lot about the Sacklers and Purdue Pharma and stuff. But this tells a different perspective, and it's from the perspective of the doctor. And the doctor's Michael Keaton. Okay. And, you know, you never really think of that perspective because here he is, like, he's a very small town doctor. It's a true story. He's a very small town doctor in like this little tiny town in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. And he's like giving this to people that he cares about. Right. You know what I mean? And how awful he must have felt. They were lied to. He was lied to. Yes. Yeah. So you also see um, Peter Skarsgård's in it, who I love. And he plays a U.S. district attorney. So you also see the side of the attorneys taking on the Sacklers, like building mm. the case. So nice. it's it's really interesting. I really am enjoying it. That's on Hulu, guys. It's, like, currently running. So, you know, check it out. It's pretty good. All right, Jenny, um, let's go from dope sick to thrown up in our mouths a little bit. Yeah, a little uh, bit. <laughs> today we're looking at Little House on the Prairie, Season 6, Episode 6. Now, I have an issue with this. Is it The Preacher Takes a Wife, like the song? Or is it just Preacher Takes a Wife? Um, I think it's The. I don't know. Some places it says The, some places it doesn't. Oh, no, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. On, on Little House it says Preacher Takes a Wife. 
Yeah. So go ahead, Jenny. Hit us with the description. The description reads, Reverend Alden begins spending time with the kindly Anna Craig, and the Reverend's spirit is truly glowing as he discovers romance for the very first time in his life. Just as he is about to propose, an unexpected turn of events props Anna to break things off. Unexpected turn of events. Fucking Harriet. Oh, my God. Like, we'll get to it. She's we'll a, get to she's it. worse than Nellie. 110%. Like, I don't know why no one can ever figure out where the bad thing is coming from. <laughs> right? like, they're like, how did this happen? Like, what happened? Oh, Harriet did it. I know. All right, Jenny, we open on the church, letting out on a Sunday morning, and an, an older woman, I'm going to say older woman, Anna Craig, do you know how old the actress is? 85? 72. Oh. Okay. okay. Anna Craig stays behind and thanks the Reverend for a beautiful ceremony, I almost said ceremony, sermon. She wants to talk further, but Charles interrupts her and is like, let's fucking go. I'm giving you a ride home, let's go. She's like, there's my ride. Can we just say that this is... Directed by Maury Dexter. It's a new director. Oh, okay. Can and we... written by some John Derive guy. New new writer, new director, I think. It's not badly written. Mm-mm. Charles is looking hot oh, God. in this episode. I don't know what is going on. Why are we not getting more Charles? Mm. I demand it. I mean, I haven't been able to use the air horn sound effect in seasons Oh, my now. God. Yeah, it's, long, it's a long Jesus. time. So the Ingalls deliver her home, and she has a beautiful home. She has, like, a trellis with roses all over it. Like, it's really nice. She's practically begging them to come in, even trying to lure them with chocolate cake and new slides of the Grand Canyon for her stereopticon. Yeah. Can I just discuss that? They're just beating us over the head with, these people are lonely. They really are. Because there's that sick guy, too. Yes. Oh, we'll get to him. <laughs> like, they're just like, everyone's lonely, everything's sad. Like, that's how this whole thing starts. You don't have anything to say about the Stereopticon? No, I don't. Okay. I well, I looked it. it up. Okay. It's a projector that was common during that time, obviously. I mean, Don't you put could... a candle in it? Yeah, we got that from yeah. Contextual Clues. And mm-hmm. she has new slides of the Grand Canyon. Yep. And Charles politely declines because they're heading over to the gardens. They are scheduled up. Yeah. Why don't they bring Anna with her? I know. Read the room, Charles. She's lonely. Just take her with you. Like, what's another mouth to feed? They always make enough for, like, 65 people. Yeah. So she settles for a rain check and then reminds the children, like, hey, kids, remember, you're welcome to stop by for milk and cookies at any time. I have something to say about this. Okay. My kids spent a lot of time with elderly women when they were little. Yes, they did. They spent a ton of time with my grandmother, <laughs> my gram. So she was well into her late 70s when they were born. And her neighborhood of all old ladies also loved my kids. And then we had a neighbor. So when I was raising the girls, we lived, um, before we built our house, we lived in my other grandmother's house that we had purchased from my uncle. So her best friend lived next door so she was an elderly woman and my kids spent a ton of time there my kids grew up around old ladies and i think it's the best thing that i ever did for them (laughs) they love old ladies and this old lady reminds me of like the type of women that were around Mm. my kids and my kids would always go over to carol's next door for like m&ms and Mm -hmm. ice cream and they just loaded them up on sugar guys i mean this was the whole thing (laughs) So I really, you know, tugged at the heartstrings a little bit when she was begging, begging Laura and Albert to come by for some cookies yeah. and milk. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Jenny, she probably makes some bomb chocolate chip cookies or something. Oh, yeah. So inside, her home is lovely, and she stares longingly at some pic of some handsome dude. All right, now we meet a real downer named Jeremy. Is, is Jeremy, was he Jonathan? He played somebody else. I think he did. He? I think he did. He looked like Mr. Sims, maybe? Oh, mm, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. He definitely played another character. Maybe we should look. Pause. I'm back. No, he did not play another character. He plays one in the future, Jebediah Toms. But no, he did not play a former. So what did you have written? I thought he was Jonathan. I thought he was Mr. Sims. Which are, I think is the same person. Are we just trying to say all old men look alike? Yeah, I guess. Okay. All right. So Jeremy's a real downer, guys. The ref comes to see him. Week to week, and that's all he's got. His wife is gone. His kids are gone. All of his friends are dead. This reminds. I just have some old dude with Rev. Is this Jonathan? There's some super depressing old and alone talk, and there's nothing to do except sit around in the dark and read the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of that book at Target that's in like the gimme the gimmick section. That is has a dinosaur and it says all my friends are dead and I was gonna buy it for dad once and then I thought he might throw himself off a cliff. I better not. Yeah, it's like um, all very dark and mopey. Like did Herzog yes. direct this yes. part of the show? I don't know. Rev is like look like Jeremy goes, Sometimes I think I'd be better off dead myself and Rev is like, Look, you don't mean that and Jeremy's like, mm, you don't know what it's like to be old and alone and have no one give a fuck about you And Rev's yeah. like Huh, I kind of yeah, do. do. He's, but like, I, he's I, like, I didn't really think much about right. it until you said <laughs> it. Yeah, I didn't really think about it until now. Wow, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rav tells Jeremy, I have to, you have to be positive. God will call you to your reward in due time. So this is what we do. We sit around and we forgot to call us home. Okay. Oh my God. So Rev goes home that night. I guess he's living above Nellie's. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. so. And he's real down. Okay. Yeah. At the blind school the next morning, Anna is there begging to do some volunteer work. She wants to do whatever she can. And Adam's like, but we can't pay you. And she's like, I don't care. And Mary's like, hired. Yeah, all right. So the next Sunday after mass, Carolyn and Anna are chatting about her work at the blind school. And Carolyn invites them to come over for the day. And hot Charles comes over and is like, yeah, come and join us for dinner. Oh, my God, I love him. But she's going to stay in town and visit. And she's like laser focused on Rev. Yes. The minute the Ingalls leave, like the dust hasn't even cleared from their wagon wheels. She's <laughs> running over to Rev and is like, would you like to take dinner with me tonight? And he's like, yeah. And she goes, I have the stereo opticon slides of the Grand she's Canyon. She's like, really? I know. <laughs> he's like, I've always wanted to see the Grand Canyon. Okay. So now we get them at dinner. We're on Rev's date. <laughs> Rev is all stuffed and smiling. Anna offers the Rev a cigar, which I didn't know he smoked a cigar. And then they talk about love. And Well, he says something, too. He says a statement. He's like, this was delicious from soup to nut cake. Yes. Was that, was soup to nuts even a thing then? Like, I, I feel like. 
that's some kind of like modern joke. I feel like, like everything else, that's Depression era. <laughs> Maybe. Which would be, you know, not around in the 1870s. <laughs> right, right. So they're talking about Rev's sermon that he gave that day, and it must have been about loving your neighbor because she, she confesses, Jen, that she loves a certain neighbor <laughs> very much. I thought she was going to continue to go down the road of, like, implying it. No. But no, man, she goes for she it. She goes she for it. She goes right for it. She's like, that neighbor's you. And he's like, oh. <laughs> and uh. I love you the way a woman loves a man. And, like, he's visibly uncomfortable. He, he's visibly uncomfortable. He is ready to die. He's like, oh, my God. And he's like, I love you like a parishioner, too. And she's like, uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh. This, That's what I'm talking this about. This is crazy yep. and passionate and unreasonable. I'm gagging over here. (laughs) And like, I'm uncomfortable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like the whole scene's making me uncomfortable. Oh my God. The next sentence I wrote is so disgusting. (sighs) Guys, you may want to fast forward 10 seconds on this one. She's like, I love you the way a woman loves a man. And he has to excuse himself. Is he running home to beat off? (laughs) Ew. God, no, he's running because he, he doesn't know how to act like a human being. Oh my god, I deserve to be punched in the face wrong with you. I realize I make masturbation jokes constantly. Yeah, you really do. You really do. Yeah. I was listening to our Love Boat episode on Patreon when I said that you could actually see Doc getting an erection. Yeah, that and was you bad. you were like, you can't? <laughs> I can't. Oh god. Okay. So Rev comes home and he finds Charles in his house, which is a really hot sentence. Okay. I would love to come home and find Charles in my house. So it's Jeremy, Jen. He's near death. He's on his deathbed. And Doc is with him. And you know when Doc is handing off the baton to (laughs) Rev, we're in a bad state. Well, here's my question. Rev and Charles head out there. I wrote, how did Charles get involved in this? Of course he's involved. And we, we sit around, scratch our heads, and wonder what, where Laura gets this from. I know. So, Rev prays with Jeremy at his bedside. And as he's dying, Jeremy says, wow, it really sucks dying alone. What? <laughs> Why are you laughing at that, eh? Okay, I'm laughing. Hilarious. No, no, no. Hilarious. No, no, no. I'm not laughing at the concept. I'm laughing at me paraphrasing it as, wow, it really sucks <laughs> My question is, what is he dying of? Melancholy? Like, what is he dying of? He's just dying of old age. He's just dying. Yeah. Like, just... He tells Rev... No sickness, just just expiring. He tells Rev to bury him out on the hill in the back, and, you know, the farm's already got his blood, might as well have his bones. Or sweat and bones, I think. I forget. He didn't say blood, sweat, and tears, if that's what you're implying. Cut to Jeremy being buried. I'm like, oh, okay, that happened. (laughs) Well, my question is, where... He belongs to the church. Where are the people in church? They're I don't know. The funeral? I don't know. They didn't have a funeral? No. Charles is there, Jen. What the fuck? Of course he mm-hmm. is. So later, Rev heads into Nellie's restaurant. Like, Rev is shook by this. Yeah. And he goes to Nellie's, and Harriet's there. Uh. Guys, I had some real harsh words for Harriet in our last episode. I was yes, she did. To yes, she did. Yes, she did. Anna is eating, and Rev asks, he goes right over to her, and he's like, can I join you? And he's like, I want to apologize for my departure last week. What? It's been a week? Okay, we we didn't know this. 
he says he's never been told someone loved him and he didn't know what to do so he ran away and anna says that was my fault i acted like a brazen hussy a brazen hussy Mm -hmm. and he's like no you didn't i liked your candor and he made arrangements, Jen, for someone to cover his side gig so he could stay in Walnut Grove for a week or two and court her. And act like a 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. She calls him Robert, and they laugh. And Harriet is not Harriet is immediately sees joy and immediately disapproves. Yep. Harriet bitches about it to Carolyn, who says she thinks this is nice and wonderful. Harriet storms off, and then we get a montage, Jen. What are we calling it? It is the Rev and Anna falling in love montage. Yep. And can I just say it started with the old, I'm going to fall in the creek move. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> so Rev seeks out Charles later for his advice on marriage. He shows up at the Ingalls. It's dark out. He takes Charles out by the drama barn. He's like, I need some advice on marriage since you're so good at it. <laughs> and Rev tells Charles, most people don't consider preachers men. But he's a man with all the flesh and blood. I was getting so grossed out by this. I was getting so grossed out by this. Shit, guys. Rev is a man. Wow. Okay. Yeah. He tells Charles he's gonna propose to Anna. And Charles is super happy. All right, so the next morning Rev Walden heads to the mercantile to pick out an engagement ring. Harriet's like, uh, why do you need a ring? She's trying. Harriet looks like she's gonna vomit. She's trying to stall the ring buying. Like that's gonna stall the like engagement. That's gonna do anything. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nels comes in. Nels comes in, takes over. He shows Rev the rings, and then we see Harriet literally threatening Anna Craig. Yep. yep. Oh my God. She's like, unless you stop this, you will get him fired. She's you're like, gonna ruin his life, and everyone's gonna die. Yeah. She's like, if you love him, you'll give him up, or you will ruin his entire life. Anna starts crying. Now, I want to say something here. Okay. Anna cries, but Anna comes back strong. Yeah, she does. And I love her. Why do we not get a ton more of her character? But Anna, uh, I just have written about Mrs. Wilson. What a horrible bitch. She's awful. She's so horrible. She's so horrible. She's awful. Like, she's way worse than Nellie. Yeah, she is. Oh, God. Harriet leaves and Rev shows up and Anna's out by the pond crying by a tree. Mm-hmm. And he shows up and he has flowers and he's like ready to propose. He's like, I have a question to ask you. And she's like, um, I've changed my mind. Get the fuck out of here. Yep. She breaks up with him. He's like, what? What's going on? And whenever on? someone in Walnut Grove is like, what the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. What is going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Immediately suspect Harriet did something. <laughs> just... Just what did be, Harriet do? Just be like, what was Harriet here? Yeah, exactly. Anna lies and she tells Rev that she intends to remain true to her past husband. Oh, God. He starts to question her. And what does she do, Jen? She gives him a good day, sir. <laughs> she does. <laughs> yes, she does. She holds her resolve. Yep. And he leaves heartbroken. Now, we have a hard cut here. Who's this director? Oh, I forget his name. Okay. It's not Claxton. No. Because we have a, a, a hard transition to a loud thunderclap, and I thought it was a gunshot, and I'm like, what is happening? The thunder graphics were bad. They were poor. Yeah, but I thought it was a gunshot, and this was going to be a totally different show. <laughs> it looked like Ride the Lightning, the, the <laughs> album cover. <laughs> now, okay, so we get the thunderclap. Rev is sitting on the church steps in the pouring rain, yelling, why, God, why? 
Like well, I do. think they were trying to do something artistic with showing the bell from the top because it kind of looked like a cross. Oh my god, like, like for whom the bell artistic. tolls. Maybe this was like a Metallica shout out before Metallica came out with that album. <laughs> Maybe Metallica was inspired by this episode. <laughs> All right, so the next day, Rev's given a sermon. <laughs> oh, well, and Rev, wait, can we say that Rev is in the pouring rain screaming, why, God, why? And I'm like, Rev, you know why. Yes, you know you why. You know why. Harriet did something. Jenny, the next day, he's having what I call slow motion breakdown. <laughs> I wrote, is this going to be a revenge sermon? No, it's going to be a slow motion <laughs> breakdown sermon. He really is. Like, it's funny because Charles and Carolyn are like, what? Kind of looking at each other like, what is happening right what now? What is happening? So he collapses. Guys, he's all disheveled. His hair sticking straight up in the air. He's This like, is Rev's first breakup. Yeah, but he's, like, breaking down. He's not taking it well. He's almost dead. So he collapses yep. in front of the whole church. And, of course, like, Garvey runs up and grabs him. And they're like, oh, my God, he's burning up. And I just wrote, did he pull a William Henry Harrison? Yes, I think so. Okay, did you see the latest on that, by the way? What do you mean, the latest on that? Breaking news. Wait, hold on. Breaking news on William Henry Harrison? <laughs> Breaking news on William Henry Harrison, guys. Scholars now do not think he died from pneumonia. Oh, really? Yeah, they think he died from, like, typhoid fever and something else. Okay. Yeah, so maybe him not wearing the coat to the inauguration had, had nothing, nothing to, to do, do with, with it. it. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, it knocks your... We know how it works. Like, you, it lowers your immune system. What does? Like, being out in the cold and stuff. No, it doesn't, Jenny. It does. It does not. So it does nothing to you. Pause. Look it up. All right, we're back. She's fucking right. Go, Jenny, read the, it. The, the, many researchers believe that the exposure to cold weather can adversely affect a person's immune response, making it harder for the body to fight off infections. I hate For this you. reason... Reasons for this may include reduction of vitamin D levels during winter months. Many people get less vitamin D and reduced sun exposure. Okay. All right. So what you're Science telling me... Science finally proves why cold weather, weather makes you sick. There's an article on Nova that I can post. So what you're telling me is Graham was right. No, because what Graham thought is that the cold weather caused the pneumonia. Mm-hmm. It just and that's not what happens. It, it just weakens your... you. You okay. still have to catch it off a person. Okay. All right. Like, that's how disease spreads. It's I'm, not like I'm gonna say split just the, the diff- rain's going to hit you. I'm going to say split the difference. We were both right. No. No? Okay. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So anyway, um, they rushed this, broke down William Henry Harrison to the (laughs) hotel immediately. (laughs) Now, at the hotel, Anna comes over to bring Rev some tea, and Harry tries to stop her, and Anna's like, I will beat you down with this motherfucking tea tray. (laughs) I loved that. It was was amazing. It was amazing. That was so good. Anna comes in, and she's like, I'm here now, bitch. Get going, she says to Doc Baker. And Rev is, like, crying in bed like a 14-year-old. <laughs> Rev's like, wait, you do care, don't you, Anna? So so then we get some time passage. Rev finally wakes up from his fever dream. <laughs> Anna's still there, and she tells him she's not leaving. And as Robert Browning Bear, as Robert Barrett Browning says, right? Robert? No, just Robert Browning. No. What am I doing? As Robert Browning says, grow old along with me. And then Rev says, the best is yet to be. And they make out. Harry catches them and freaks out. Yep. She runs downstairs and she tells Nellie, not only did Anna stay the night, but she just caught them making love. If that what she think that is, he, she gave him a peck on the lips. Yes. How were Nellie and Willie conceived? <laughs> I'm like, if Harry's confused about this. Like, is Nell sticking it in? Or are they just adopted? <laughs> What's happening? Okay. So, Harriet's like, now I have the proof I need. What proof? I don't know. But she's radioing the higher-ups and causing yep. a lot of shit for Rev. Mm-hmm. So, now we see Anna and Rev, they're on a picnic, and they're relishing in their love. They're excited they're about to be married. They're making out. Charles yeah. is going to marry them. I'm thinking, wow, that's going to be hot. Okay. <laughs> the next morning, Rev is setting up for church and singing to himself. Minding his own fucking business. Yep. And Dean Harmon shows up. And I looked this dude up. He's just like a character actor. He's been on a ton of different shows. But like he just looked familiar to me. So he says he's here because a... Let me look at the paper. Mrs. Olson sent a telegraph to the General Synod. Yep. So Dean Harmon doesn't believe Olson. Because he says this is a scandal that could bury the church. Well, he says he knows Reverend. He wanted his side of the story, and he believes him. He's known him a long time. But he's like, this this whole scandal could like, get, who like someone could get caught up in these headlines. Who? What what is going on here? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I can't believe that Harriet is even allowed back in church. 
Like, Rev is pissed. I, I know. I know. And she said something about she has the deciding vote on that church board or whatever it is. God. All right. So, Dean Harmon, he's like, look, I'm going to go try to convince Miss Olsen to drop these accusations. But if I can't, you're going to have to choose between Anna and your congregation. He's like, um, I'm choosing Anna. Yep. Like, it's not like women are lining up. I just saw Jeremy die alone in his bed. I don't want to die alone. Right. I'm choosing Anna. Dean Harmon heads over to see Harriet. Harriet sees him and her jaw drops to the floor. They clearly know each other. They head outside to the buggy. They're doing the, uh, I think we should go outside and talk yeah. about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They drive to some pond. It's probably the same pond that Rev and Anna were making out at. Yeah, it's only all, hours it's, earlier. It's the drama pond. It's probably pond. the same. It's the drama pond. No, it's not the drama pond. It has to be something around love. Because it's also the pond where Laura attacked Nellie over Almanza. <laughs> Is it the pond where Carolyn fell in with Buck do not Do not bring that up. Do not bring that up. Jesus. Okay. So, they're all by, by the pond. I don't know what I'm going to call this thing. The love pond. I don't know. The sex pond. Okay. <laughs> he says, it's been 23 years since they've seen each other. And Harry goes, 23 years ago that you broke our engagement. Dun, dun, dun. 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 Then I'm like, oh, I remember this now. Mm-hmm. So, he says, if he knew, his name is Russell, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Russell says if he knew it was her, he would have sent someone else in his place. And he said at the time, he believed he could not serve two masters. And Harriet says she remembers he told her he was already married to God and it wouldn't be fair to her. And she asks, was it fair to humiliate me? And he's like, no, it was cruel. So clearly there's some baggage there. Mm-hmm. He's like, I loved you very much. But I needed to serve God, and I loved God more. And well, he's he, like, go ahead. He says two important things, too. He he says that he's never been married, she asks him. Yep. And he implies that it was a mistake. He does. He does. And she, he's like, this is okay, though, right? Like, everything turned out okay? Like, you're not going <laughs> to punch me in the face? And she's like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, I'm very proud of my family. Yeah, okay. All right. So Russell's all like, please don't deny Reverend Alden this. Like, don't be a bitch about this. Come on. Don't repeat this mistake. So then Harriet and Russell show up at the church. And Harriet says, she made a huge mistake and she asked for forgiveness. And she runs out sobbing. And then we see Dean Harmon marrying Rev and Anna. And I wonder why Charles got kicked to the curb. Because there's a real deacon there. Or Dean or whatever. So they run off, and Harriet is is weepy, and she's like, this was so sweet. End of episode. Well, the best, though, is is when he tells her, when Harriet apologizes and runs out, Rev is like, what did you say? Like, well, how did you do this? I know. Rev goes, it's a miracle. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And did you catch yep. um, Laura caught the bouquet? <gasps> no. Yeah, Laura caught the bouquet. Jenna, and do you remember what a big deal it was to catch a bouquet? I never wanted to catch a bouquet. Jenny, would, Jenny had it. a wiffle bat that you would pull out and <laughs> swat away that bouquet. <laughs> I have an index card. On what? 
So if you notice when you see their wagon, their shoes tied to the back of it. Did you see yes. that? Yes, I did. So I did an index card on why are their shoes tied to this wagon. Okay. So this tradition started in Tudor period in England. As the bride and groom left in their carriage, wedding guests would throw their shoes at them. Ooh. Because okay. it was considered good luck if you hit the vehicle. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, since, you know, later that would become a, a lawsuit and people damaging property, they started tying them to the car instead. Hmm. And then when it became really awkward to walk home from a wedding with one shoe, they started using tin cans. Oh, okay. So I didn't know that. Okay. They used to be so shoes. Like, There's a whole bunch of people's shoes tied to the back of their wagon. When did the transition from shoe to can happen? In modern times, I think. I mean, aluminum, okay. that's modern. That had to be the 50s, yeah. right? Okay. All right. So you had no index card on the stereo opticon or whatever yeah. the fuck it was. I mean, it's a, it's a projector. That or the a general synod or the makeup of the church. No, I'm not going to answer that. Okay. All right. Did you see the shoes tied to the thing? I was like, what is happening here? Why are people tied in their perfectly good shoes to this carriage? I did see it. Jenny, whose fault is this? <sighs> this is Harry Dolson's fault. That bitch Harriet. Yeah. This is definitely Harry yeah. Dolson's fault. A hundred percent. When you watch this, it kind of begs the question of why Karens are called Karens and not Harriet's. Yeah, that would have been yeah, good. Like she really defines a Karen. That would have been good. <laughs> yeah, like she just can't mind her own fucking business. Nope. Got to make everyone else miserable. Yep. No, that's clearly right. what it is. So, Jenny, at the end of every episode, we look back on a theme or a lesson or something we took with us on the rewatch. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence. Gen X, this is why. What is your why for this episode? I feel like I may have had this why before or some variation of it. But I hope we just, don't have the same it one. It just keeps coming up and I can't ignore it. Okay. This, this is why we thought severe depression was just a, par- a part of your life. Like it was just, <laughs> just going to happen to you at some point. You were going to get super depressed and like yeah. everything was melancholy and everything was awful and sad and like you just dealt with it. Do you think, now I have a question for you about this. I recorded that crossover episode with Lori from Untitled Gen X podcast. Okay. And she lives in California. Mm -hmm. And we were, I'm not sure she lives in California. I shouldn't say that. She lives on the West Coast, though. Okay. And we were talking about school and stuff like that. And I felt like we're, we're specifically talking about Heathers. And Lori's in our Mimi B. So, hi, Lori, if you're listening to this. Uh, We're specifically talking about Heathers and. She was saying she found it really dark on the rewatch. Yeah. And I was saying that we found it dark, but we found it way more relatable than (laughs) some of the John Hughes stuff. Yes. And then I got to thinking, could this be a regional thing? Mm. Because we know, like, the North is kind of, especially the Northeast. Is kind of painted with more of a cynical, yep. fast-paced, hurried kind of brush. I don't know. I mean, as somebody who works with people on both coasts a lot, yes, you often, do. Um, real different, real different mindset, real different style, like across the board for sure. Yeah, I wonder but if it's I, but a regional I, thing. But I also work with New Yorkers. Okay, like not not just anywhere on the East Coast. So I don't know if it's like a New York thing. Or more well, widespread to the region? 
and I said too, like you and I grew up in a very depressed area. <laughs> so family. I don't know if that had something to do with it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Like, it, I just found it really strange. I had to think for a second: is this a regional? It might be problem. Although I know people from like Florida who are really dark. Are they transplants or they're from there? They're from Florida, and they live. In, they I met them in New York. Well, I feel like Florida kind of lives by its own, you know. Do you ever do the Florida Man Challenge, birthday challenge? Of course. Of course, yes. Florida memes, we love you. But, you know, there's some stuff happening there. It's wild. It's wild. I mean, it, it reminds me of New York City in that way, where there's just always something insane happening. And everyone's yeah. just, like, fine with it. Like, whatever. Um. Jenny, I have, this is why it's important to have hobbies and things you can do to occupy yourself. Once your life inevitably empties out before it becomes full again. Otherwise, you end up making real bad choices like Mary and Rev. <laughs> I don't think that was a bad choice for no, her. No, I don't. I'm teasing. But we see this with mom and dad. Like, our parents very recently have entered retirement. Mm-hmm. And... They're struggling a little bit. Like, I think for mom more so, like, because hers corresponded so heavily with the pandemic. The pandemic, yeah. So not only was she retired, but she literally couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Is a problem. But you and I talk about this all the time, like, this idea of filling your life with things. Because, so, my girls are 14. So... You know, I haven't really reached the stage yet where, like, for example, my best friend, whose kids are 19, her twins are 19, she's experiencing that empty nest, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they're leaving. And I'm not there yet, but I know it's coming. Mm -hmm. And that, like, I, I just feel like that kind of, your life ebbs and flows. Like, you'll have periods of time where a lot of people are in your life and it feels really full and social. Mm -hmm. And then you'll have times where it's very empty. And we talked about this around the pandemic. Like, people who were able to be alone and be okay were people who could occupy themselves or have hobbies. or. But it was really hard. The pandemic was really hard on people who lived alone yeah. and didn't have access to... Like, maybe you're an extrovert, and your hobby is, like, going out and mm -hmm. hanging out in, you know, a restaurant that you like or something like that, or going to parties or hanging with your friends. You couldn't do any of that. I think that was really hard on people. Like, I know a lot of people that was really hard on. Yeah, me too. But, like, you know, there was the opposite, where people were stuck in small apartments with their immediate, with three kids and their husband, yeah. and they were all trying to work. Yep. And, like, it, like, everyone suffered in some way, I feel like, in this pandemic everyone suffered in some way um but i think my my point is though like we all will be at a point someday where our lives feel more empty than full mm -hmm. with people and yeah. it's important to have things that fill that space i think even if it's like reading joining a book club well i think there's this i don't know i feel like our parents have this point of view but i could be wrong that, and, and I've heard this saying before where they talk about, like, you're not going to meet more friends in your life. Like, you've met all the friends you're going to meet. Oh, no, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I make There's new friends kinda, all the time. Yeah, like, I think that you meet different friends for different periods of your life. I I made maybe five or six new friends since I started podcasting. 
Yeah. That I consider, you know, good friends that I want in my life. Well, I've made really good friends like in the last three. Actually, you know where I met them? At the Trump, at the rally, at the Women's March, right after Trump was elected. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And, and that wasn't that long ago. Was that four years ago? Five years ago? Yeah. 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 So I, I do think that, you know, you have to have something in your life to kind of fill it. Yeah. And this is one of the struggles with social media, right? Because we all kind of want to get off of social media. I shouldn't say we all. I do. And mm -hmm. a lot of people I know want to get off social media, but I've, as Facebook in particular, but I've recently come to the conclusion that I just really like the groups I'm in. Yeah. And I don't want to give up the groups feature. Yep. Like I'm in some of those Gen X left of the dial mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I love those groups. <laughs> I love those. I love the Mimi's. The Mimi Bees. Yeah, I was I like, what about some... your own freaking group? Yeah, I love some of the reality groups that I'm in. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to give that up. So, I mean, I think social media helps with this because it keeps you connected to people. But yet it also feels lonely, I think, in a way. Like, it's a false... Social media to me is like the equivalent of living in New York City. It gives you mm. a false sense of connectedness. Because just, like, even though you're in New York City, you can feel extremely isolated and lonely. Just because there's a million people around doesn't yes. mean that that feels no, you like you're feel with invisible. people. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's this false sense of community in a weird way. And, like, and not that there's not real community happening there, but it's a mirage, right? Like, it's, you know, these people aren't, you can't call them up to go out for a beer next door. Like, you know, right. they're not they're not in your life in that way. So, it's yeah. kind of like... You wouldn't even call them up on the phone. Right. So it's like this do weird... Do people call people on the phone? People do. I don't. <sighs> Jenny, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you pick up your phone and call Steve. Steve Locke? Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't even know. He would think someone died. <laughs> just call him and be like, hey, just call him to see what's up. And the sad part is he wouldn't answer it. He'd just text me back and be like, what happened? <laughs> I know sometimes like I call my best friend every morning but that's because I'm in my car it's a bluetooth situation well, when, you're dry, when you drive I feel yeah. like it's a little different because yep. you can't text but that's it I don't really call people you call me all this fucking time what are you talking about no I will try to call you to pin you down sometimes <laughs> <laughs> Jenny's this bitch that's like what time do you want to record? And then I'll send back, I don't know what time's good for you. And she won't answer me for six hours. <laughs> so when she's texting and I see that she's near her phone, I want to call her right away and pin her down. <laughs> and I don't answer. And then I text her back. Yeah, she doesn't answer. And Jenny's also, and I've said this before, like, she'll call me. And if I don't answer because my phone's on silent or something, I'll call her right back. Nope. She must call me and throw her phone in the river. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Jenny, why don't you tell everybody what's coming up next? So next, oh, you know what next is. Mm -mm -mm. You know what next is. I don't even know the name of the episode. Do I have to we know don't the care. real name of the episode? We don't care. We're calling it Return. It's the Return of Mr. Edwards. It's the Return of Ride or Die is what we're calling it. <laughs> but the episode is Return of Mr. Oh, Edwards. I gotta go back. Remember, we were like, it's literally called the Return of Mr. Edwards. We're going to do season six, episode eight. The Return of Mr. Edwards. Yeah, we're really excited. Go ahead. Read the description, Jane. When Isaiah Edwards loses his will to live after a crippling mm. logging accident, 
A letter to Walnut Grove from his worried wife, Grace, brings Charles and Laura back to the big woods to try to help their old friend. Oh, we're going on location. Mm, you know what and happened sound- in the big woods. And it sounds like it's Charles-centric, so I'm happy about that. I wonder if he'll be shirtless. Fun fact, a shocking scene from this episode finds Charles slapping Laura in the face. <gasps> I think I saw this. I know I know which part this is. Wow. Yes. Yeah. She wow. goes hysterical or something. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like a slap because she's hysterical. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> okay. You still want to slap again across the face <laughs> if you're a grown-ass adult. <laughs> I know, right? This isn't Gen X. All right, guys. So thanks for listening. If you want to connect with us, follow us on Instagram. We're over there. Gen X, this is why. We're also on Facebook. Um, we don't really post to our page a lot, but we are pretty active in our group, which is the Mimi Bees. Um, and then you can, you know, follow Jenny. Jenny, where can they follow you? <laughs> the Mimi Bees. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>